0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the above board podcast. And today, as promised from last week, Matt and I are going to be talking about gaining traction. Uh, So this is just going to be a brief story about our um, introduction to the entrepreneurial operating system, how it's affected our lives personally and professionally um and why it means so much to us. Matt, anything you want to touch on? Just right. No,
1: yeah. We're we're super excited to be back with our shows. And yes, um, this one is a really good one. It's it's something that we are able to talk about in first person and how this system has helped us really scale our business in a in a very responsible way. Um, and and more importantly, allows us to work on our business as opposed to in our business. Or another way of stating that is. Uh, instead of the business running us, we are running the business, which is as an owner what you want to be doing what you want to strive for yeah and it's not easy to do and uh yeah we we'd love for you to follow along with our journey here today as we talk about uh what what's something that really just honestly resonated strongly with us both as we uh scaled our financial planning
0: practice now important disclaimer we have no association with the company but um, we found it so useful and uh, what's what's kind of just a, a funny background story and Matt, you know this, but this book sat on my desk for a year and collected dust. I had a friend of mine, um, you know, who had like 100 person company, was leadership at the company and said, hey, you guys got to read this book. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time I tried to read it, uh, also disclaimer, it is a very, uh, a lot of the contents of this are very dry and difficult to get through. But it's not one of those books that you just like open up and flip through and read and you're done. It's like every few pages you're taking notes. It's very You have to be very thoughtful about how it applies both to your personal life and your, and your business, your professional life as well. So it sat on my desk for a year. And then finally, um, because we had nothing else going on in March of 2020, I guess, uh, we decided that we were going to do a book study, Matt and I. And, and Matt by we, begrudgingly real, read the book. Yeah,
1: what by we it means John saying, "Hey, we should read this." Matt read this, and I said, "Okay, I'll do
0: that." I mean, you did oblige. I will give you like I will give you some props there. You well, don't I, usually read books when I, I, usually, I tell you to read books.
1: I, I was looking for Cliff's notes. <laughs> there are none, so you can't take a shortcut with this one. This one actually requires like a pen and paper and a physical book to go through and jot notes down. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of work, but most definitely worth it. And You'll hear about our journey more as we talk.
0: All right, let's dive into it. So I think the biggest for me, like the way that I like to describe it to folks is it's a free framework on how to run your your business life and your company um, from creating a vision to having an accountability chart and a, and a weekly scorecard to look at every day. Um, and we're numbers folks, so we love data. And probably one of the hardest things was this concept that we had to whittle all the data down that we could look at down to like 10 to 15 data points. And then we update that weekly. So there's just so much there. Um, I describe it as a framework for how to run a company. Matt, how would you, how do you see it now two and a half years into doing that? Yeah. I, I, the
1: way I describe it
0: <clears throat> is, you know, you need to have a vision for
1: your company, right? You need to have a long-term vision. I, I, I'm not a visionary. So I have a really hard time. I struggle with that. In, 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 and maybe if you're listening, you're like, I don't know where I want to be in 10 years. I put my head down, I work and it, and success follows or, or I deal with struggles. And so what this really caused us to do is look and say, okay, where do we want to be down the road? Mm. Okay, this is, what, this is what the most ideal scenario looks like. We want to be working with these clients or have, um, you know, management of, of a certain amount of assets or whatever mm. it may be. We needed to come up with a 10-year vision and then back that down to a three-year vision and then mm-hmm. back that down to a one-year vision and then back that down to 90 days. What do we need to do in a 90-day period in order to click, to hit each one of those metrics? And so for me, John, as not a visionary type of person, as more of an integrator, um, my, my brain is not wired that way. So this yeah. would really kind of helped sh- change that mindset of, okay, we got to first figure out where we're going or where we want to be, and then we can figure out, are we... Are we doing the right things today to get to that point?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll snag a quote from the author, which is long-term predicting is not really about foretelling what's going to happen. It's making a decision about what you will do tomorrow based on what you know today. So it's like this idea that we're making strides in the right direction. And it's hard to think about what does life look like in 10 years? And you know what, whatever you chart out or map out, like it's a very real possibility that that doesn't happen for you, either personally or professionally. But you have to have some idea of where you want your life to track. Um, and, you know, Rich talks a lot about this on the show, like th- this whole idea of like motivation versus discipline. I think we'll get to this. But like for me, you know, motivation is just like, f- like you know, like frou-frou stuff where it's like, cool, I watched a video and now I'm feeling like super – I watched Rocky Four and now I'm <laughs> feeling motivated to go work out. Discipline is like you don't need to watch Rocky Four every day. You get up at 6 a.m. and you do, you do the thing. And I think that for us, this created a level of just consistency versus like haphazardly saying like, "Oh, we want to grow, we want to get better we you know we want to serve more people, we want to affect more change within our community of clients or friends or whatever um and so to matt's point, you know, creating the vision those there's like a one pager it's called the vision traction organizer and it's really it's theoretically probably an easier exercise if you're like a like a solo entrepreneur or you're the only person in charge of your organization um I think it's 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 a completely different angle when it's two business partners like matt and i um and we sort of like did this book study and then like we did' we did these as separate activities and then came together with them and it was just really uh it was eye opening i think for one, I'm very verbose. And Matt is very succinct in his language. So like his tenure visions in one sentence and mine is on like three pages. Uh, but also kind of, I well, think which, maybe- By the way, were... we
1: got it down to, I, I'm looking at it right now. It's actually three sentences. Uh, is it three sentences? So we kind of like met in the middle.
0: It's called Between compromise. half a page and one yeah.
1: sentence, we ended up with three sentences, which I feel really good about. I feel
0: like I won that battle. <laughs> it's compromised. But also uh, the important thing was, generally speaking- the sentiment was the same, and then it was, "Well, how are we going to arrive at that direction?" And one of my favorite exercises that we do on a quarterly basis is we frame out what is life going to be like in three years. So we know what our ten-year mark is now. You know, kind of you know one third of the way into that ten-year mark, what does life look like in three years? And for us, a lot of it is very much about work-life balance and you know what we want to see within our company and the right you know right people in the right seats and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I you know I would say that not only creating the vision and the 10 and the three year, but for us also just increased communication within, within just Matt and I, we started this, it was two people. Um, Now we're a team of six, which is awesome, but it was just Matt and I trying to figure this thing out. Right. And, and what's, what's funny is I had a friend of mine and a lot of people are using this as a framework for their company now. And a friend of mine say like, Oh, you know, you typically, his perspective was you use this EOS model or this traction book for companies that are sort of failing or floundering and we looked at it the opposite. We looked at it as like, let's get out in front of all these issues. Like, let's really map out what we want, like where we want to go. Right.
1: And I think I think there's a real strong point that you made there. Was it's not necessarily for failing business. This is really for any business. I mean, any business needs a system of some sort. Whether you're in construction or finance or you're a physician, you're still an owner of a of a business, and you got to have some level of framework. And, and if you don't have one that's used that's working right now, I think what we're providing is an alternative or something else to look at to say, if right now the business is running you, that's a problem. You should be running the business. And, and again, this is one of probably many, but this worked for us um, of, of, of a sort of a structure of and rules to go by. As, as you know, if you're listening to this as an entrepreneur, there's no rules. It's, it's you're figuring things out a lot of the times take some of that guesswork out and adopt a system of some sort that stops you from just aimlessly wandering at times and to say, all right, we're gonna we're trying to get to here. Here's what we need to be doing along the way to get to that point. And I use uh, John mentioned this our quarterly rocks um, and some of our issues. I look at those sometimes daily to figure yeah. out, okay, what should I be doing today? to hit the goals that we've, that we've set. And I'm not a goal person and I'm not a, like I said, I keep saying the word visionary, but I'm, I'm an integrator and and that's not how I'm wired. So it, it really took a, a lot of, uh, adopting of the system to say that this is the way that it should be. working.
0: Yeah. W- well said. And obviously, I mean, this could be like a 10 part podcast series if we really try to unpack every element. And, and so we're going to do our best to kind of stay within the things that we feel like are very relevant to this conversation. Um, And I think to Matt's point, kind of back to the vision stuff, uh, there's other components to not just like, what do we want life to look like in 10 years and three years? And and then backing into quarterly, what are we going to do? But also, what is our core focus as a company? What are the values that we define meaningful? And that starts to create impact within company culture and within the, the clients and the people you serve. And honestly, within my life, I mean, like, I'll mention this a few times throughout this this recording, but I take a lot of this stuff now and apply this to like I have personal quarterly rocks now for my own life. Like I almost run this business framework for my personal life too, which I think is super interesting. And so it's kind of a funny exercise because you go through this whole like core values thing, and even in the book they give you like all these adjectives and ways to describe your values.
1: Did you know that there is actually an EOS book? For the personal, so as I was kind of flipping through and preparing for today, making sure we had our talking points correct, inside of uh, I kind of like opened up the inside of the cover of the book, and there is the EOS Life, which is uh, Gino, I, I assume, and maybe uh, someone else wrote together, but they actually wrote this book to operate your life as well, which I didn't I didn't realize till I was kind of poking through it, um, oh. and. You yeah. taught me. You taught me something about EOS, Buddy, dude. This is this is what teamwork <laughs> is all about. So yeah, I was flipping through and I said, "There's EOS life," which I'm assuming you just take a lot of these business points and kind of flip them around a little bit and talk about them from a personal standpoint. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you that for your birthday.
0: Oh, I need oh, to get your my birthday's hands on April, that. so maybe uh, your birthday's coming up in a few weeks. I'm gonna buy me that so, for your birthday. Yeah, is yeah, okay? for me. I,
1: <laughs> Not unless you read it first, and then you tell me like I have to read it because uh, Happy Birthday.
0: We have a three month book study. We're gonna read this book, Eos Life. Now, will I will talk about how I bring that back to my personal life a lot. But you know, going back to these core values and the core focus, like it almost felt like this interesting exercise where you look at all these positive attributes of how you would describe yourself, and you're like, yeah, no, that represents our company. That's us. That's us. But through this exercise, you're kind of forced to identify five or six. And like, this is the five or six guiding principles of how you're going to run your company and your life. And, you know, we really, we really honed in on those. And if we, we're not going to list off every single one in this conversation, but if we did, we could, I mean, like I could, I could tell you exactly how and why we connect to that. And it's such, it was such a meaningful exercise that even Matt and I coming together on what we felt like, Hey, how are we going to run this company? What are our core values? What matters to us? And obviously, honesty and transparency is the first one with the word candor in it for sure. That means a lot to us. What were you going to say, Matt?
1: What was interesting is that these like once we came up with our core values, our core focus, I started to realize that these became part of our everyday vernacular Mm -hmm. where you and me would be saying sometimes different things to clients, but kind of in the same way or, or, or another financial advisor or whatever it is. We now say the same things in the same way. Um, in, in terms of our core values or in terms of our core focus, you know, one of our core um, focus or, or values is to make the complex simple through the use of financial stewardship, and understanding, and discipline. So, you know, th- those are things now I use on a day to day basis when I'm talking to a, a school teacher about a sophisticated investment or something like that. I, I remember one of my core values or one of my for- core focuses is, is to make that complex simple. Not not in a talking down to someone way, but in a way that they can understand a, a maybe a more complicated financial strategy. Um, and so th- th- it starts becoming the things you say. So mm-hmm. that way, it's, it's really important to put the time in on the front end to make sure that these are core focus and core values that you truly believe in and that they're really well thought out because you're going to adopt these things. Hopefully, you adopt these things as part of your everyday vernacular within your business. And that's where you really start living what you say.
0: What well, well said matt. and and so you go through this exercise in the first few chapters, you create your VTO, and now I'm insanely curious what the EOS life VTO looks like. <laughs> I, I have to know. so I'm gonna do this afterwards and we'll do a follow-up podcast. But um, you know then beyond that, you 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 start to have this consistent what we'll call a quarterly rocks meeting. And there's a bunch of stuff in between, but i want to I want to hit the highlights for today. So we do this quarterly rocks meeting as a team. And I think for us, it's sort of this idea that, uh, and I remember pulling this from the book, it's like as, as humans, like we can only process things in 90 day segments. So we can daydream all day. Uh, you know, Matt said the word visionary a couple of times. Like we can daydream all day about what life's going to be like in three, five, 10 years. Um, but now we have to go and execute and take strides in that direction. Um, and one of my favorite quotes from the book is like, even if we don't succeed, we're failing at a higher level. Like, and we're landing at a higher baseline. Because we have this intentionality and focus of what we're working towards. So Matt, talk about the quarterly stuff, the quarterly rocks meetings. Like how have you seen – like it creates a 90-day world for us. I'm curious how you see it.
1: Yeah, so so I think it's a really good – like a pausing of all of the craziness all of us business owners are facing. Stop for one second. In this case, stop for a meeting and have this very well-outlined structure every 90 days about – What are the issues we're facing? And are we on track to meet those goals that we've set forward? And so it's really, I mean, it sounds complicated, but it's truly at the end of the day, you and your leadership team making sure you're on the same page, setting the next 90 days of goals. Again, you're trying to hit this one-year target, and then that needs to lead to your three-year and then to your Mm 10-year. But doing them in 90-day chunks, I'd love to give you some examples of some of our 90 days. that. It's not get forty more clients. It's actually really less to do with the what drives revenue in the door in in some cases. But mm-hmm. in our situation, a lot of it was infrastructure based. Make sure we have a system in place to handle this. Um, if we're if we're thinking about where we want to be employment wise, it's we should be looking for the next hire now, not when we need it. So those are some examples of some ninety day rocks that we have. Is is not saying hire someone tomorrow. Is saying hey. In the next 90 days, identify what we, what's the next hire going to be, what does that avatar of that, of that person look like in terms of what we want them to be doing, and now begin the process of keeping our eyes open for opportunities to hire that person. That's a, that's a really good example of a 90-day rock as opposed to, holy crap, we have more work than we know what to do. We've got to get some warm bodies in here today. I find that that really just helped the planning process of our business and us, and it slows it down a little bit. It slows the chaos down.
0: Yeah, and I I, w- I would also add to that that as a team one of the things that I know we do and I think anybody who operates under this model um you really you try not to set more than I think it's like 5 to 7 rocks per quarter. Uh, We have, we have seven for this coming quarter, but like you try not to set so many, you know, you don't want to put so many things in motion that you get nothing done. Um, And if nothing else, from my vantage point, doing this has created a lot of discipline and focus to be like, okay, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And none of the stuff is rocket science. It's not like, you know, this vague overhaul marketing systems period. And we're like, what does that mean? Um, none of this stuff is rocket science. It's literally just creating the habit of working towards it. And I, because I'm a weirdo. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Do do we want to, do we want to, um, accomplish all of our rocks every quarter? Is that, is that, is that something that we're striving for?
0: So that, that's a great question. I think the answer is no. Within the book, they kind of say like the goal should be that you're completing on average over the course of quarters, 80% of what your, your goals or rocks are. Um, and I think that, I think the answer is no, probably maybe for a different reason than theirs is, but why would you say no? I would say no is if you are completing all
1: of your rocks, all of your problems, all of your issues within a 90 day period, they're not hard enough. You haven't stretched the muscle enough. They're easy ones, you know, um, make sure we have. I'm making things up. make sure all uh-huh. well, I'm trying to think of like a really good example of one that we accomplished really quick and some that maybe it's going back to that higher one, actually. you know, uh, identify the next role that we need within our company, um uh, create the avatar of that person, maybe get a job listing going and start looking for that that that's some of those tasks are fairly easy if if it's gonna to be someone that might not be something you can actually accomplish within ninety days, right? Yeah. That might be one where it's like, well, no one's come along. That fits what we're looking for. We're not going to
0: push the subject. Yeah,
1: let's bump this out for another ninety days and just keep this kind of forefront. But I you didn't public.
0: ignore it though. Like you created some momentum towards whatever that goal was, and I think that's kind of like going back to that quote: like even if you don't succeed, we're failing at a higher level. Like it's not like just something that we look there and we just keep punting each time. We're working towards it actively, and to me, that's maybe the paradox of it. So you know, you you spend. Really, for us, we spend like almost an entire day every ninety days going through this, and it's it's for us it's it's with such intention because of what we're trying to grow and build. Maybe some companies do it for less than a day, whatever. But we spend about a day, and then we have weekly check-ins on all this stuff. And I, so I'm curious. I'm gonna ask you the question from the vantage point of like the skeptic, which I feel like is naturally kind of who you are, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Um, somebody's listening to this like man my life is so busy I, I i i have a million tasks every day i can't i can't get them all done there's no way i could dedicate x amount of time to this what are your, what's your answer 100 to that? you
1: are on the right track when we first started this i'm like a weekly meeting a quarterly meeting john like there's barely enough hours in the week to do what we're doing now let alone and nobody
0: uh, wants more staff meetings
1: yeah like who wants another staff meeting on a monday like that there's just not uh, but I said, okay, I came from a place of yes, not a place of no, and said, wow, yes, let's do you. this. And what I found was I know so much more about our business because I'm listening to a either my partner or B one of our one of our people in leadership, one of our team members in leadership, of of letting us know where where are the core metrics that we are tracking on a weekly basis.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: could be something as simple as how much money is in the bank account. Uh, I think some of the problems you have when you have a partner or if you, if you um, outsource a task to, to another team member, sometimes that, that gets away from you and you start to not know those things. I don't need to know how our bills are getting paid because we have really good people in place and a really good team, but I sure would love to know are we how are we doing week over week between one week to the other, even mm-hmm. if it's just a 10-second conversation of here's where we are today. And things have come out of those meetings that have been so incredibly helpful or, or things that I've had anxiety about have been answered on a Monday because everyone's sort of kind of reporting to you or you're reporting to everyone on where we're at mm-hmm. on our various um, you know level 10 meetings, which is what they're called on, on our Mondays.
0: I think the irony in that is the type of person who would say like, I've got a thousand things to do on my checklist. I, I can't afford to do all that is Needs also us. probably the same kind of person that when they're trying to chase down... Okay, I need to understand maybe some of the profitability numbers or whatever to determine if we can afford this next hire or afford this business decision. It's going to take them half a day to figure all that out because they don't have that stuff organized either. Because they're just focused on going from task to task, which is so easy to do as a busy professional. But forget business owner; like we all, I think everybody listening to this kind of like suffers from from that. There's there's more things that that we want to get done than humanly possible could get done in a day all you're doing with this model or at least the way that my brain works is we're prioritizing the most important things so that we can stay like effective and disciplined on what those things are like on what we're working towards do you agree yeah that
1: along the lines with having a long-term vision you know yeah. if you don't have a long-term that vision, guides you just, it. yeah yeah that's that's a great point because if, if you don't have where your end result wants to be how could you know whether you're on track or not You could have the best profitability numbers, but it's sort of meaningless if you don't have a goal of in 10 years, my plan is to slowly back myself out of the business or hire my replacement or sell the business. Who knows what your end result is, but you got to, and it doesn't have to, like John said at the beginning of this, that can change, but have some Uh, sort of a, of a, where you want to see this going. Yeah. And then you just are essentially working back. It's as simple. It's almost as simple as that. Then it obviously gets more complex as you put all the pieces in. But at the end of the day, all you're trying to figure out is where am I going now? What do I have to do to get there? Now break that down to a 90 day task list essentially.
0: Yeah. I so, fine. so I think we actually have a podcast that we did with Rich on this. And if we don't, we should do one. But the whole podcast was basically called like prioritizing the important things over the urgent, like important over urgent. And to me, that's what a lot of this is. So we... You know, we do these quarterly rock meetings and then once a week we check in on our progress of what those are. And this is the beginning. First thing we do every Monday and we it's such an effective meeting because we've done it like it was clunky at first, but we've done it a lot now and so effective because it guides probably like the top three things that each of us need to do that week to work towards again like build the momentum towards completing that goal and getting to what that three five-year and ten-year thing is and i gotta say like i do that on in my personal life too like i have i call it like the big three but like the big three things that i need to do every day to accomplish what i'm getting at and guess what none of them are like exciting stuff like they're all it's it's do the work but it's being able to check that box for me that i think is so important so that I would mention that weekly level 10 meeting that we do. That's what it's called, like an L10. But I, I think that's so important to connect back to the quarterly stuff.
1: One of the things I also took from the book is I can count on one hand how many level 10 meetings we've missed in, how long ago we adopt this now? Two years ago? Two and a half almost. Can, yeah. yeah, two and a half. I can count it on one hand. And I'm not a If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm a visionary like John, this sounds amazing. <laughs> if you're not and you're an integrator like Matt and you're like, oh, great, another meeting. We've missed less than probably five and that's including like vacations and things like that. They are non, in our company, and if we're adopting this principle, it's a non-negotiable to really like to just blow this meeting off. And it's really easy to do that or it's really easy to get into a cycle of, well, we keep talking about the same things. It's so incredibly important to have these level 10 meetings. It's almost the foundation of this. After you've come up with a 10-year, mm-hmm. these you know then you're coming with a 90-day. In order to get to that 90-day though, you got to look at it weekly to make sure you're on track for that it's almost the foundation to it is, is having these weekly, very quick, I mean, it's generally less than an hour um, of, of where are we at? What are, mm. the, what are the key metrics that we are looking at? And what are the obstacles that either stand in the way of us reaching that goal? Or sometimes it's positive things too, right? Part of our, our level 10 is to talk about customer and employee headlines. Mm-hmm. What, work, what worked really, really well last week? Yeah. What were some of the big wins we had or successes our clients had? Let's talk about that. I'll, we're always always talking about problems. Let's talk about some positive things and then sharing that with the rest of our team once that's over. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the meeting.
0: So I, w- I want to touch on the scorecard too, because you had mentioned that. and I think that that's, that's important, like having those data points to check in on. But for anyone and everyone listening to this, that's like, what does like there's certain terms that I think we have just like it's our vernacular like you said earlier so someone might be listening going what are they talking about can you do maybe help define visionary and integrator and what you mean by that because you've mentioned that oh, a few boy. times
1: there's a whole book on it it's actually called rocket fuel so if you're kind of listening
0: this dude you listen gotta listen to you just really start reading more
1: john if I can get you a few books I'm gonna just buy you the whole gino wickman uh it's like a box series but you're there's actually, my an mind. entire book. You know, a visionary is what you would expect. And I I think the the foundation, the genesis of this is that every company, and it doesn't necessarily be owners, but every company should have a visionary and an integrator or multiples of both. And the visionary is the one who has this grand idea of, I see us going here. I see this happening. And then the integrator is the person or the team that says, okay, now we got to get us there. How does that work? In our particular business, and as you're listening to this podcast, john is the visionary he's the one that has he's the goal setter he's the one that has the calendar and the every day he's got to do three things to make his you know to 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 satisfy his his need i am not that way i'm wired completely opposite and every company needs almost these two opposites a visionary to say it's where we're going and an integrator to say okay how do we get there and and so when i use those terms that's kind of what i'm referring to and in our situation it actually just happens to work out great what sometimes fails is two visionaries, right? One sees yeah. a vision going this way, one sees a vision going that way, or two integrators. No one's got a vision, but everyone's willing to work really, really hard at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think it's critical. And again, rocket fuel is the probably the next book after EOS to read is to talk about what those two major roles are within a company. And again, they don't have to always be owners. So don't think of this as well. I'm I own a construction company, and it's just me. I, I you can both be a visionary visionary and an integrator. But if you're more wired to one or the other, you know you need to hire a visionary. If something happened to John tomorrow, God forbid, and I'm I'm now running our company solo, I know my next hire needs to be a visionary type of person because I'm not wired that way. I, I can put my head down and get the work done and so can John. It's not saying you can't do that, but it, I'm wired a certain way and he's wired a certain way. It's important to identify those to make sure you're all not doing the same exact thing. That everyone's doing something just a little bit different.
0: Mm. I don't know. You're sounding a little bit like a visionary there, dude. I mean, you've read so the order of the order of this would be traction, uh, the EOS book, traction, and then rocket fuel next, and then then I mean, for Gino your birthday actually outlines this.
1: Yeah, we, we I wish we had some. Yeah, we we don't we don't we wish we had Gino here to talk. So traction, rocket fuel. Um, but then it really starts to kind of get into now explaining this to your employees because this is yeah. this That's part of it is really leadership right oriented. Yeah. yeah, and we're we're going through that exercise ourselves. But this part of it right now is is that we're discussing is you would do this with your senior leadership, flash business owner.
0: Yeah, um, I, I read this quote that I think is is relevant. It's it's a Henry Ford quote. Um, but it's thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably the reason why so few engage in it. And I think back to, you know, just kind of looking at it from the skeptic's point of view, a busy professional thinking about integrating some of this stuff within their business uh, or their life with EOS Life. It's like, well, I don't have time to do that. And, and, you know, thinking is probably the most important thing you could do, truly. Like sitting down and thinking about where... Because it creates that direction and that focus on where you need to be headed towards. And for us, I remember how that felt like such a monumental task as a team to say, we're going to meet every single week for at least an hour on Mondays. And we're going to meet every 90 days. But just the amazing paradox in that is that the time we spend doing that, I believe saves 8, 10x the time on the back end. Because we're not working, jumping from task to task and and in this unfocused fashion of like, oh man, I got to just do all this stuff. It's like, no, focus on the big things. And for me, it's like my daily three. And I have those written out the night before. I know that's like super weird, but I have those written out the night before on what those big three are so that I can, I don't always accomplish them, but I try my best to like, those are the things that I need to, that I need to, to hit. Yeah, and I, I'm always shocked at our 90-day
1: meeting of how much got done, right? Like, oh my gosh, we've gotten so much done. It's because we're tracking it so incredibly close. Yeah, There's no way for that not to get done. There's no way for those those issues to not be solved or at least be worked on or that new hire to take place. Like I'm always shocked because, it, you know, you're sort of out of sight, out of mind. And then you realize, wow, I've been working towards this the entire time um it, well, it really just is a cr- an incredible
0: system well and i was going to say for what it's worth like we're we're not perfect and obviously and honestly like in a lot of scenarios we've had quarters where we haven't completed 80 percent of the of those goals which is kind of like the set in stone what it should be but what i will say we're, we're very honest in that self-assessment but we also recognize that there was either a reason it didn't get completed or we worked towards And we've developed some momentum towards completing that task versus not having it there at all. And we just, again, I think, you know, looking at like, if you define that as a success or a failure, you might look at that and say, well, you only completed half your task. I was a failure, but for us, it's fine. Then we're failing at a higher level because like we wouldn't have even attempted those things had we not thought about it and created the intention to work towards it. So I think that's, it's also in how you view it. Like, I don't think we're too hard on ourselves, um, and one of the reasons why we're doing this book now as a team with everybody, it's called "What the Heck is EOS?" is because we recognize like it's been ingrained in our culture and what we do, our core values, and all that stuff. But now we really want to commit to making sure that everybody on the team is seeing and and feeling, you know, what we're working towards. So, yeah, that's uh, that's really exciting. important, especially as your company grows and you know you have you have more people
1: sitting in the seats there they've got to also have that same mindset that you have and being able to recite what your core values are, what your tenure vision is, or those types of things. Now, you might not necessarily want want your, you know, that might not necessarily be public, but you want everyone working towards the same goal. So, you know, Traction EOS is really dense and there's a lot of material in the book. What the heck is EOS is basically taking the highlights of that Mm -hmm. and explaining to your employees here's how we here's the framework that we're running our business. here are the important things here's some of the terms that we use, and here's why we do it um is is i mean essentially what that book is doing and and none of this is any good unless you're able to share it with you know the people that you work with um if it's all stuck in your head it's still i mean it's still it's like, it's better than nothing but you want your team working alongside with you uh, trying to achieve these goals.
0: Yeah. Thanks for saying that because honestly, that's the motivation for why we're even doing this podcast. I mean, we 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 share this information um, <laughs> as if we're compensated from them, though we're not. But we're just such big advocates for this and what it's helped us do that... I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've given this book out to other business owners that I know. Um, and I, honestly, I'm pumped to read the EOS Life because I'll probably give that book out too um, after I buy it for you, for me, for your birthday, and then give it to you, regift it welcome. to you. But, um, I, I think that that was, that, that's a good point. I know you've given this out to a lot of business owners yeah. too. I mean, it's such an important conversation to be having. Yeah, a- and-
1: anyone who I hear, and I, I just talked to a couple this morning and, you know, it's sort of the conversation of, gosh, you know, the, the revenue's great and, and everything's fine, but the business is running us. And then my question is simple is, do you have some sort of a system or plan in place? And oftentimes the answer is like, what? No. And I know how hard it is to be a business owner. You're doing two tasks. You're both doing whatever your trade is, and then you're running a business on top of it. You're you're literally have two jobs and two full-time jobs for that matter. And and so, you know, being able to slowly have the business run itself and you do your trade and just be the the supervisor of it is ultimately the goal. But without a model or a system or some sort of a structure in place starting that from scratch is incredibly difficult. Why not yeah. use a cheat code and and use a, some adopted principles that have already been fairly well sound and tested and say, hey, if I just follow these rules, mm-hmm. I'm already going to be ahead of the game.
0: Yeah. And it's like, raise your hand if you don't feel like your professional life is running you, right? I mean, like who who doesn't feel that, that pressure and that pain at some point? And for us, that was the main motivation for doing this. So- um, great, great recap, Matt. And I think again, just as a as a overall recap, we could do ten episodes on this. We certainly won't. Um, but it it's been so meaningful to us, and we've shared it with so many people that we felt like it was good to come on here on the podcast and do it too. Um, and Matt, any any parting thoughts that you have? Yeah, as we yeah. Run? Like
1: I said, it's something that we are passionate enough to share um, with our audience, um, with our clients, with our friends, um, and like I said, one of the there's many quotes that you get from this book. Um, one of the ones that I really love the most and that resonate with me is, "You don't have to solve every problem, just the most important ones." Ooh. And for me, as an integrator and as someone who tries it's to fix,
0: visionary, that's a visionary comment right there, buddy.
1: It is. Buddy um, I think I might be turning to the dark side, but I, I think my job was to fix everything. I don't need to fix everything. I need to fix the important. I need to know what the important ones are first, and that's what it really took some sort of a structure um, in, in place for it to come in. Um, but this has been something that has been, we're just truly passionate about. We, we share it. Um, and if you love more information, go ahead and check out EOS. Um, the author is Gino Wickman, W-I-C-K-M-A-N. Uh, go ahead and check it out. And uh, we, we love talking about this stuff. So if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you'd love more information about how this applies to our business or something we can get more granular about, we generally love discussing this. Uh, we don't get any cuts from the from the book or anything like that. This is just something we're passionate about. It's worked for us. It was given to us by another business owner. And so we want to continue to pass that along uh, to all that are listening. So with all that being said, John, thank you so much for your time today and for being on our show and for discussing all of this amazing stuff. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you so much for being a part of the Candor Path family and uh, listening to Above Board with Candor Path. For myself, Matt Marcoux, John Kennedy, and The Rich B, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye.